Have you ever wondered about the wild activities that go on at a bar? Well, that wondering ends right now. Welcome to the Open Bar Talk Podcast, where host Jim Search sits down with bartenders near and far to hear the whopping tales that only a drink slinger has. So buckle in, have a cold one, and enjoy it. And we are kicking it off. We're doing it again. We're making this shit real. It is an Open Bar Talk podcast. Uh, this is a show dedicated to the life and times of bartenders and all the crazy shit that they have seen from behind the bar. Uh, if you want to find the show, you can do that. Openbartalk at gmail.com uh, is where you can hit us up. Uh, Open Bar Talk uh, on Instagram is another place to get at us, too. Uh, I post a bunch of crazy stories from my time as a uh, crazy drunk, and it is a fun read. Uh, if you're wondering who this crazy drunk was, it is Jim Search. Uh, you can find me at jimsearchcomedy.com. You can go on all the social media and find me at Jim Search. I make it super duper easy for you to get a hold of me. Uh, now, with that said, when you're looking for this show, here's how you do it. Make it easy. It's on all the, all the platforms. It's on Spotify. It's on iTunes. It's on Stitcher. It's on iHeartRadio. Anywhere you look, you can find the show. So download it, rate, review, subscribe, uh, give it five stars, write a dope uh, review. Really appreciate it because that is how motherfuckers find my show. Now that I have gotten all the housekeeping shit up out of the way, I'm very excited to introduce our guest on for today. Uh, very funny dude. I did a little uh, dive into uh, the uh, stand-up world. You are a funny motherfucker, and I'm excited to hear what you got. Quincy Johnson, how you doing, sir? How you living? How you doing? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. How's it going? Oh, man, you know, it's funny. It's uh, Things are good, you know, um, as you uh, as you pointed out, I am drinking a vodka and soda, so yeah. I uh, have to the say... The fanciest that. vodka and soda I've ever seen, let's just be honest. All right, yeah, you know what? Okay, we'll dig a little deeper into that, uh, Quincy, that is true. I uh, have cut up some lemons and put them in water, froze them into lemon ice cubes. Uh, because again, quarantine has created a real homemaker out of me. So <laughs> you are officially domesticated. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And I'm not afraid to admit that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, I, there's layers, there's layers to me and I'm not afraid yeah. to do that. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, you know what, again, thank you. Uh, thanks for pulling up, man. I appreciate it. And you know, we'll all, let's uh, let's talk about it, man. Uh, so, how did you get into the world of bartending? What is your what is the uh, origin story? Bartending was my master plan leaving high school because I grew up in a college town, mm-hmm. and the guys I knew because I played basketball, and I knew a bunch of guys that like were in the college, just hanging out with college players, hanging out with the college kids. Uh-huh. The guys who always had the most money were the local bartenders. Interesting. Because they they were all ex-athletes who ended up, you know, they didn't make it in the league and they didn't have great grades, but they were big and strong. So they worked security at the bar. And mm-hmm. over time, they had just learned to bartend and became the bartenders. Gotcha. So they would come back and hang out with the players. And they always had wads of cash because tips were always great. Mm-hmm. So when I left high school, I thought, even if I go to college and fail out or don't finish, if I'm a bartender, I'll always have money. Shit. So it's it kind of well. I was gonna ask where did uh, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Texas. Okay, College oh. Station, Texas. Oh shit! You know what? I have uh, I have partied in College Station. Uh, oh yeah, many many moons ago, uh, Texas A and M. 
Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's where my mom teaches there. So yeah, A and M is very close to the to the heart. You know? Okay, yeah, you know, I uh, I yeah, when I I was in uh, uh, College Station. Uh, God, this was years ago, right? And uh, I remember I went to uh, what was it Harvey Washbangers? It's this, Harvey uh, Wallbang. Yeah, yeah, Wall Wallbang. Yes, 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 yes. It I is. Know a, you're talking about. Yep, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It is a laundromat mm-hmm. and a bar rolled into <laughs> one. <laughs> And <laughs> that's that's the most Texas thing I've heard in like two years. A laundromat <laughs> and a bar. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is it is a very Texas uh uh idea and in practice as well. And so I just marvel that mean that means they're an essential business because they're a laundromat. So they've been they've been open and, and thriving during this quarantine. Mm-hmm. Well done. See? I'm over here making fun of them, and this whole time they've been they've been out here serving the community. Well, thank you, Harvey Wallbanger. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know what? There are heroes that walk among us, and it is clear that Harvey. Uh, I'm assuming Harvey is his first name, who started this place, uh, has created a an empire. So, uh, so you are so you are in College Station, uh, and you saw the saw the road of cash, saw the money trail, if you will. Um, yeah. Uh, 18-year-old kid graduating high school, I saw cash flowing, and I was like, yeah, let me go to bartending school, learn how to bartend, because most of it just crown and coke. I can do this. Mm-hmm. And uh went to bartending school, then went off to college. And then you bartend. So did you bartend in college? Uh, you know? uh, yes, I did. In okay. Texas, you're legal. You're allowed to bartend at the age of 18, even though you can't consume at the until the age of 21, because there are some kids who are abandoned or, you know, juveniles who still need to work. So. Sure, sure, sure. And, and to work in a grocery store, you have to be able to sell alcohol. So you have to legally be allowed to sell it at 18 in any uh, business. Interesting, interesting. And, uh, you know, that is kind of like the uh, loophole of sort for uh, underage drinking because on – All paper, about loopholes, baby. Yeah, that is the, <laughs> that's actually the American way um, is, you know, uh, let's let's kind of – let's see exactly what this law looks like. Let's figure that out. Yeah, exactly. what, can, what can you prove in court and what can I argue to at least give me reasonable doubt? That's all you got to have. You know, just land the plane. Just, <laughs> and that you – you don't even have to land the plane. Just let it touch the ground. <laughs> yeah, because then we can talk about what it means to land, right? <laughs> Define land. What do you mean exactly? There you go. See? You See? Know. Now we're, now you've opened a whole new door. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fucking right. So so you started – all right. So you were, bar, uh, you were bartending through college, right? Uh, mm-hmm. What was what was your first – like what was the first bar you were in? Do you remember what that, what that looked uh, like? I started out bar backing because it, pretty much in the, in the bars I've worked in, which are mostly nightclubs, and until I got into corporate bartending. Mm-hmm. But nightclubs and private venues, they always want cute people working the, the, with the customers, and then they want the people who do the actual work, the bar backs – the security guards, the bussers, guys like that, they want us just constantly moving. So you got to work your way up. So I started out bar backing. I was doing, Jesus, it was a beer and wine bar. What was the name of this place? The Lone Star. It was a beer and wine bar called The Lone Star. I worked there three years as a bar back, uh, just watching, bussing, watching bartenders be terrible and bussing Mm -hmm. and helping. It just, people will never understand the amount of crazy shit that goes on when you work in a bar because you you may have like a crazy coworker or a crazy boss, but 
and bartending, you get the crazy coworker, the crazy boss, and then a new crazy person every few minutes. You know what I mean? Like as soon as the bar's open, everybody's there. It's always new faces. Sometimes it's old faces, but because it's a college town, it's a constant rotation of we're in town. So yeah, you get, you get a crazy experience in these, in, in working in bars. It, uh, yeah, I mean, and that, I, I, I often say it's like, uh, it's not accounting, right? This isn't, oh, God, this oh, is, oh, God. <laughs> there, there, there is a lot of fast and loose, uh, rules that are played, uh, in the bar okay. game, right? Um, yeah. so, so you were there, so Lone Star was your first joint, mm-hmm. right? Um, now you, so, you had had experience, like you'd already been to bartending school, so you kind of knew the ropes. But then once you, so you bar back for three years, but you kind of, did you already kind of know what you needed to do? And you were just kind of waiting for your shot, per se, or were you kind of? Well, it's, it's, once you, once you learn how to serve people, cause I, I worked as a bag boy growing up. So like I worked at a grocery store. I know how to work a register. I know how to work pretty once you work a register you know how to work a pos system sure no matter if it's quest or uh, aloha or whatever so i had enough experience to where if you threw me in the situation i could make sure my money was always balanced i could you know work with customers and not just cuss them out the minute they caught an attitude sure but i didn't i didn't know how to when i first started especially didn't know how to juggle a full bar of open customers because usually in everywhere else it's a line so it's just next next right but when you've got the full bar and you've got to try to maneuver everyone remember seven drink orders get everybody's money you know what i mean like that type of multitasking you got to learn over time gotcha okay so it was kind of like the uh, uh the nuance of the real time yeah. stuff is what what you picked yeah. up gotcha mm-hmm. okay so so that was uh, so that was the first dive that was your first run right now, with that being said, you know, what are some of those? Cause how long have you been bartending? What, how long have you been in the game? Uh, pretty much since high, since the end of high school. So, what, what am I, for about 19 years now. God, okay. So you've, you've seen a lot. It's safe, yeah, it's safe to yeah. say there's been some crazy shit sure. that has, uh, floated by you at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, you know, that being said, what are, what are those crazier moments? What are those sort of iconic, things that you're just like i can't believe this shit is happening right now i mean i've seen the the full-on of course we've all seen the breakup mm-hmm. come, like the breakup the re-engagement the hot make out on top of the bar and the breakup again within two hours sure yeah, the, yeah, yeah the birthday girl who got too drunk and everyone abandoned her so you just like there's just a poor girl crying <laughs> wearing a tiara with like one shoe on, throw up on her dress, you know, things like that. Uh, uh, one young lady once came to the bar. I remember this it was how out here in LA. She lo- couldn't find her boyfriend. We were, the party was in our bar. Okay. She went to the bathroom. When she came back, her boyfriend was gone. She thought he left with another woman. Mm. So she's throwing a fit. She's cussing people out. She's on the phone screaming. We're trying to calm her down and locate her boyfriend who, we thought she just abandoned her because she was drunk. Right. Turns out he was he was so drunk he went outside to have a cigarette. <laughs> I guess he for, lost track of having a cigarette because he just kept walking up the street, and the cops <laughs> got him for uh, uh, drunken disorder, drunken uh, DIP, drunken public or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just picked him up and took him off to the. They took him to the station so he could detox. Holy shit, man! So that... it was it was a whole ordeal, and it was that was a good. 
from one o'clock in the morning when she first found out her boyfriend was gone till about two forty five was just dealing with this woman having a full emotional breakdown because the love of her life mm-hmm. had disappeared. Now I'm going to uh, just go out on a limb and I'm going to uh, guess the race of this woman. This was a white woman. No, this was a black woman. What? Okay. Yeah, man. Look, this was in Beverly Hills though. So it was, it's it's different out here. It's different in LA's uh, demographics are very different. Okay. Um, but understandably so given the context of the story and everything, you, one could, I'm not entirely too, I, I'm not wrong, but in this instance, I am. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like personality. You're not, you're not being culturally insensitive at all. You're, you are absolutely correct. And I can, I even can, uh, I'll attest to how correct you are because when it happened, me and my boss were like, yo, this is some white people shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What the hell are we doing right now? Like, can we, can we just push her out of, can we just kick her out? Like what the, what, what is the white lady out of here? You know? Yeah. This is, this is, this is peak level white woman behavior, but. <laughs> However, it is not. It was a black a black woman uh, yeah, showing her ass out here in the bar. If, if there's one thing I can say, moving to L.A. has been the biggest culture shock of my existence because I grew up – I was born in Chicago, but I grew up the majority of my life in Texas. Okay. So I know Texans. I know Texas lifestyle, Texas way of life. Yep. Coming to L.A. where everyone moves here to become something. Right. So it's kind of like – if America's the melting pot, this is literally the 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 root of the shit because it's mm-hmm. all of it combined. Yeah, folks, act. You you can't you won't never you won't know what you can't generalize. Let me put it like that. You can't just go. You this is a black dude, so I can expect him to be X, Y, and Z. It's like dude could look like me and love Slipknot and go to mat like and be in the bondage and all kinds of shit. And it's like, hey man, I'm just trying to be an actor too. So. Or Nickelback, as I, uh, as I saw. <laughs> oh, actually, I love Nickelback. <laughs> I, I, I saw your set. I, I was watching oh, yeah. a little bit of your set before uh, we got into this. Um, so, so this woman, all right, so she loses her shit. It's one in the morning. Mm-hmm. She cannot find her boyfriend. She now has accused him of cheating and mm-hmm. has called everybody she's known. Like, what are the other people around her? Like, oh, this bitch is losing her shit? Or were they just like... Every- well, it was a, it was a, I worked at this, uh, restaurant called Home House of Music and Entertainment. Mm. Uh, it was, it's the worst place on the planet. It was run with basically drug money. I can say that now because legally I haven't worked there in like five years. So, okay. Statutorily, um, I, I can talk about this. Uh, the manager, I was never paid with a paycheck. Mm. The day okay. I was hired, I was there for my friend is a, a, a trumpet and bass player. His okay. band was playing a restaurant. The lead bartender of the bar quit the day of his show. So he he was talking to the owner and the owner was like, look, man, you can have a show, but we can't have a bar because I don't have a bartender. So we won't be able to service these people. Right. My boy calls me and is like, look, man, I know you're a bartender. Can you just come do me a favor and come serve some drinks at this little gig I'm doing? I don't know. I've never been there before. So I'm like, yeah, for the homie, I'll show up, do sure. whatever. It's not a big deal. Right. I show up. Uh, somehow my homie's little show ended up being a, a, a Crips, uh, birthday party. <laughs> like it was the, okay. the owner had double booked the venue, of course. Right. 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 Oh, so okay. he's a, he's a, he's a jazz trumpet and bass player 
His show is like 70 people. We're in Beverly Hills. It's nice lighting. They're on the stage. It's cool. I serve the drinks. I'm about to leave. The owner's like, yo, man, you want to make a couple hundred dollars real quick? Just stay to the end of the night. Okay, cool. I can do that. Sure. Now I, I now work at this bar because I work because the money was so good because it was all under the table. Right, right, uh, right. And he never paid me any check. And I was always wondering at the beginning why he never paid me any check. Oh, it was all drug money. He couldn't right. pay me any check. That they is. had liens on everything from the refrigerators to the serving trays. All had liens. And, <laughs> and every other week it was, I don't know if we're going to get some money. But, you know, that, drugs is drugs. So they're going to sell themselves. Yeah. There, you know, you know, every other week there's a drought. And he's like, I don't know if this is, yeah. you know, it, it, shit won't sell. We, and then it does. We had drugs. I mean, we had guns pulled on us in the venue because, like, some a promoter would throw his his party. Mm-hmm. The place would be packed out. Everything would be busy. But then the owner would, would print up some crooked numbers and be like, look, man, you only did X amount of money at the. Right. You, like at the, the door. Right. Or, you yeah. know, people weren't paying, people weren't buying. And it's like, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. Just, I just watched everybody buy drinks. So. And then and I'm getting the gun pulled on me because I'm the bartender of the night at the party. So. I was if if he's saying we didn't make none at the bar, it's because I'm stealing. So if somebody got a gun on me now, like holy shit, man! Yeah, man. So you yeah. were you were in the thick of this? Yeah. Fuck. This was, it was it's it's Black Beverly Hills. So it's it's a bar in Beverly Hills, but it's oh, run shit. by drug dealers and gangsters, and all their all their parties were packed out by people from Crenshaw and uh, Compton. So yeah, I was gonna say, you know, you 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 brought the you bring the hood with you, right? You got, I mean, if they gonna come, that's if you give them a venue, they gonna show up. Now, I don't know if the venue gonna stay long, but they gonna show up. (laughs) They'll they'll be out. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So so let me ask you. So you know, so the double. So you're so when you start there, right? You're the. Mm-hmm. You just by chance, right? You know, your boy's mm-hmm. like, "Hey, I need you to bartend this bar." bar. The, so the Crips were there along with your friend's show. No, his show was at seven. So okay. I was supposed to I was supposed to bartend from seven to nine because that's his show. Got it. And okay. then the Crips party was from nine to twelve. Got it. Got it. But okay. because the bartender quit when nine o'clock came around, I was going to leave. The owner realized he still needed a bartender, and it was like, "Look, man, I can just throw you some money because the drug deal they they gave him money to get the venue." Sure. So I bartended the whole. We didn't. We ran out of cups. We <laughs> ran out of Hennessy. Uh, what? That's a problem. <laughs> well, because they it was one of the it was one of those bars where it was one of the worst run organizations I had stepped into because it was my I had never been there before. I worked. He was just letting the bartender that was the bar manager there. Right. He, that guy was doing all of the inventory, the ordering, the clean. Like it was his responsibility to do everything. Right, right. He didn't do anything. Okay. So when you when you show up to a bar where it's like we're a restaurant and we're supposed to be having a party and it's on the schedule or whatever, a concert, whatever, and there's two packs of cups in the storeroom because oh, oh yeah, yeah, most nobody ever comes to these venues. Nobody nobody gave a shit. So yeah, it was it was a it was a shit show. God damn, that sound that it sounds like that. It sounds yeah, and every, everything you just described. But it was great to work there because 
I literally showed up day one and was the bar manager by midnight. You know what I'm saying? Like I, <laughs> I ran the entire bar. You were, I think you, I, you know, I would say your trajectory was just a straight line all the way up. There wasn't yeah. any like bumps. You're just like, you went from civilian to bar manager in the span yeah. of five hours. So now how long, how long were you there? How long were you? Uh... I was there for a year and a half. Okay. And now did you leave because they were shut down or were you like, all right, I've had too many guns pulled on me. I'm out. I, it was, it was while I was still struggling trying to get my feet in LA. Okay. So the fact that I was getting paid under the table could make like pretty much just make money, not have to answer to anybody was perfect. Cause I was still out here auditioning, trying to make it do comedy, whatever. Right. Uh, I got a job at the Staples Center. Oh, dope. which is, which Bartending was at the Staples Center. Yeah, I was a bar manager at the Staples Center. Okay. And once that was official, where it was, oh yes, you're going to be working every Laker game, every Kings Clipper game. Like I was there the majority of the time. The drug, the under the table money wasn't as good as the corporate. You know what I mean? You got yeah. medical, you got benefits. child support payments, everything, benefits, all that. So had to go with what, what was paying the bills. And, you know, it's, uh, and no, and no guns pulled. Uh, oh man, no guns pulled. Oh, it, it, working inside of an actual venue is so relaxing. You have nothing to worry about except for when you leave it though, because the Staples Center is still built on the, tra- on, on the, on the host stroll. Figueroa was the host stroll. Oh, Let's okay. never forget. I, That's why the land was so cheap. Got it. Got it. I mean, I've never been. It, it, oh, you know, oh, you never, okay. I haven't been. Yeah, it's just like, go ahead. Right, so I'm sorry. <laughs> we're on the same wavelength there. Uh, no, I'd never been, so I'd never, I've been to LA, but I've never been to or around the Staples Center. So I don't really know like the, the geography around it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, uh, Staples Center is built, uh, pretty much at the edge of the hood because the land was cheap. So when the Staples Center was originally built, that's where the host stroll of downtown Los Angeles was on Figueroa. Got Between it. like Fig and Fig and Pico all the way up to let's say Seventh Street. Uh-huh. So when you leave the Staples Center, back when I first started working, you could leave the Staples Center, and once you left that building, it was nothing but desolate parking lots, homeless encampments, and danger. You know what I mean? So it's <laughs> like you walk inside, and it's yeah, it's security, and you're cool, you got your money in your pocket, but the the trip from the venue to your car. Every night was an adventure. Be careful. Be oh, yeah. careful. So, so, all right. Well, so tell me, was, was there any sort of, uh, was there any crazy shit that, I mean, it is a corporate sort of spot, but, uh, it begs, uh, begs the question of like, was there any sort of wild shit that happened while you worked at the Staples Center? Uh, it's, it wasn't wild, like, I wouldn't say like wild, like, oh, these motherfuckers out here having sex in the hallways. Sure. Okay. That. That was the Magic Johnson days. They stop all that uh, <laughs> for obvious reasons. But it was it was wild shit. Like I would, I was a private bartender for Arnold Schwarzenegger and his suite okay. during the uh, during the Grammy. So I'm just chilling in there. It's Schwarzenegger. This is when he was right after he was governor of California. Holy so, shit! Like it was you. You saw all these big celebrities. Whoever was in. The who's who of whatever was like, oh, this is Arnold Sweet. We're popping our heads in to say hello. So I'm just taking it all in, looking at it like, oh, shit. Wow. Is that the dude? Is that the dude who invented PlayStation is here and he's hugging? Okay. I'm just watching. You know what I mean? Like that type of shit. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so yeah, you were, was there, uh, so were you, were you tipped out from there to, like, were they dropping tips there or were you paid out at the end, like, or were they? Uh, yeah, yeah, when, when you do the private suites, they can tip you out of pocket, which is always the, man, the Grammys is the best shit on the planet. <laughs> I would... One, one Grammy night is a month's rent for me. God damn. You will, I mean, you know, that's kind of like the economies are often based off of that, right? Like, there's a whole, yeah whole entire world that lives uh lives around that shit um so so are you are you still well i mean obviously you know bartending is kind of uh on hold right now but are you still with the staples center or you oh no no i left i left the staples center because comedy kind of kicked i do private events only now because comedy is more important than a nine to five or you know 40 however many hours slotted a week job got it got okay so you're doing the private gigs now uh, yeah, which is which is actually lucrative because out here in L.A., enough people have money where they need, hey, we need a bartender for our backyard event. We're going to have 40 people okay. and we want specialty drinks. So I can it's one of those things where I can it's not just me pouring the drinks. I can do your specialty menu. I bring my own equipment so I can work with you to coordinate to make sure we have everything we need. So I don't show up and be like, why don't you have all this stuff? Right, that right, the average right. human being doesn't own. You know what I mean? So, so you've got that sort of coordination piece there uh, <laughs> in, in line. Uh, so, has there so has there been any gigs like those private gigs where you're like this is this is like home again? This is the this is the fucking hood. Or has it been <laughs> some like super fancy like super fancy party where you're like, all right, this is just gonna be another gig? Then it's like this is not what I expected at all. Uh, I signed up to do a gig in a abandoned building in downtown LA. Well, it wasn't abandoned. Like it was, I think it was like on the 47th, the 47th floor of the building was abandoned. Like that type of shit where. Okay. Yeah. So they just threw a party in the abandoned floor and we were kicking it. The party was cool. Everybody's having a good time. And it turned out to be an orgy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Cause like, it, yeah, it's like folks just started having, like it was, it, folks was, it was a night type event. Okay. So folks were making out and whoop de whoop, whatever. But then they just started like fucking on, and, cause it was a giant floor. So you see the sex happening all the way on the other side right. of the floor. We're on this side where the music and the DJ and shit is. And everybody acted like, oh yeah, this is, that's cool. And more people would join in, more people would join in, and it was like, yeah, man, that's just what they gonna do. What? And now, obviously, like, I mean, assuming because, uh, for whatever, obviously for, uh, reasons, they weren't like, hey, will you bartend our orgy? They were like, no. no they, just... they told me it was gonna be a private rave type of event. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, when you do private events, they make you sign paperwork and say, hey, you're going to have an NDA. Don't talk about who you see here. Sure. You know what sure. I mean, that type of shit because you want to – it's private. It's not like you can just show up off the street. You have to be buzzed into the 47th floor of this building mm-hmm. in order to be there. So it wasn't like a random person could walk in. Shit, man. So it's like eyes wide shut, like the movie. Yeah. I mean, that shit is out here, man. <laughs> that, I, that's that L.A. culture shock shit where I was just like, oh, so y'all just do this. <laughs> <laughs> So y'all like, fuck, fuck. All right. (laughs) So that's part of the game. All right. So, so then, so 
you're bartending, and then all of a sudden people are fucking way off in the distance, and then that's when the other shoe drops or falls off in this instance, and you're like, holy shit, this is now an orgy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Now, well, I was going to ask, how, like, how did it end, right? Like, because, like, the night's over, and then people are like, all right, see you later. I, there was, they put up a, a, like, I guess a curtain at, like, an hour in, they put up, like, a, a cutoff curtain so that, you know, okay. you can't just, because it was getting too looky lewish for some sure. that were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna get in it, get in it. But don't stand on the other side of the room and fuck up the party on this side because everybody's staring. Right. This side, that type of shit. But yeah, man. Whoa. I just packed up and left, you know, because like that's one of those joints where I didn't have to bring, I just brought like my shaker, my, my bag with like a couple of pieces of equipment because they had all the liquor and all that shit there already. Sure, 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 sure. So I didn't have to, my, my, my pack up was literally, here's my shit. I'm, I can just get on the elevator and go. I don't have to sit here and sweep up and right. <laughs> do all that. I don't all think the, you want to, I don't think you want to sweep touch up. That. No, no. At that, all. That's a, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a different pay grade. That's a different yeah. pay scale. I think you're, that, that you're operating on. Uh, <laughs> so with that, so is that, that's gotta be one of the crazier private gigs where it's like, holy shit, I had no idea that this is happening. Yeah, that's one of those ones where, like, I knew it was it was gonna be some kind of wildness because they made you sign, made me sign the paperwork, and and now well, whole, here's a, a quick forward. question. Uh, so, this did they like take people's phones, like because I'm assuming there's oh yeah, this was this was a full security event. Like this was a you show up, you check the list because it was a private building. Okay. Then you go into the elevator and they have to buzz you. They have to like swipe the key card to hit the level 47. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So it was like a full, uh, I was in a fucking like, uh, bow, black bow tie, white button down shirt. Like it was professional. I'm in there serving like I'm doing a private event. Like it sure. was a party type shit. And then, it, you know, shit popped off. <laughs> then it, shit got real. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's just how they do. Uh, yeah. So, I, that's what I learned. I've never seen, I didn't know that, like, the eyes wide shut is based on real shit. Right. So it wasn't, like, exactly like eyes wide shut, but it was some eyes wide, like you said, some eyes wide shut type shit. Type of, type of shit jumped off. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. Um, so, so that's one of the, has, again, has to be probably one of the all time crazier private events. Yeah. Um, did you have any other ones, not necessarily orgies, but is there any other sort of crazy private events at this point where you're just like, all right, not quite an orgy, but didn't expect this. Nah, the majority of the private joints you do are just like kids parties or somebody <laughs> trying to have somebody with excess money spending it. So you just, you know, you show up, you do your job, you make some nice margaritas and martinis and clean up after yourself, get the fuck out. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be the, uh, what what was that dude on love boat? The black dude. I'm not trying to be him. I'm not trying to know all their problems. Right. Right. I can't remember his name. I know. I I can see his, I can see his face. I can't remember. Afro. Yup. I'll Google it later. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, I'll put it in the notes. I'll put it in the liner of, uh, who that, who who that was on the love boat. (laughs) So, so you've, uh, so what would you say, uh, was, was there, I don't say, would you say, but was there any sort of regulars that would come into any of these bars where you were just like, I've never met anybody quite like this before in my life? 
my favorite regular is I don't remember. I'm not gonna say her name. Yeah, I was gonna say don't. Yeah, obviously don't. But uh, she is a. I guess she's a she's a call girl, prostitute, whatever you want to label her as a sex worker. Okay. I'm going to be negative towards her. But she came to my bar every Clipper game with a different guy. Okay. And told me to act like we I know her, but not because I saw her there last game with a dude. Got it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like when she comes up with the guy, they're gonna skip the line because she's my homie. Mm. I'm a, like she knows me. I'm gonna take care of him, and she's gonna make sure he tips me well. Nice. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like she was giving him a VIP treatment at the Clipper game, while also giving like I had to basically just trick off and be like, "Oh, what's up, girl? I know your specials are apple martini, right? What you getting, big man? Like, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't." I didn't see your girl here last week with another dude giving me the same amount of money as you. Like I, I had to play that off. <laughs> and as you should, because I mean, I what, mean that, what, was, that was my job. The customer's always right. That's what they told me in training. So mm-hmm. I yeah. had to let the hookers win. Yeah. And you know, uh, love wins, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, I love money. So sure. <laughs> hey, for the love of money, just like bone thugs. Hell yeah. Uh, Hell yeah. So, and she was su- uh, clearly, I'm assuming, pretty cool, uh, pretty cool lady who was just like. Oh, yeah, she, she was just out here getting her money. So I couldn't, I wasn't going to blow up her spot. No. And we had the system worked out to where every game she would come over, she would just come over with a dude. Mm-hmm. I would act like, oh, what's up? You the old homie? Like, like none of, none of, who was the last guy? How's Tom doing? None of that shit. No. What you no. drinking? Let me get you a double on the house. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna take care of you. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And, and then he would just break off cheese. Now, what was he like? Was he kind of like, whoa, she knows her. You know, she's like a mover and shaker around town. Like, did they kind of fall, <laughs> not fall for it, but just like. It, it worked every time. Wow. That's like, if there's one thing I've learned about tricks in this world is that no matter who you, no matter where they come from, they all want to feel bigger and badder. So like to go to a Clipper game and then be able to walk up to the bar, skip the entire line during halftime, get shown mm-hmm. love. That's a memory they'll never forget. Yep. That she provided for them while they're giving her cash and you know, everybody get paid. It's the, it's the, it's the experience. It's, uh, as they say, you know, you pay for the experience, right? Yeah. And that is, and that is what, uh, <laughs> that is, that is what, that is what she did. Uh, yeah. so yeah. All right. So you've got, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I would say that's a pretty memorable, uh, memorable regular of sort. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, what, yeah. was there any, uh, were there any regulars at home that would come through or was oh, it, was it man. too? Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, there, there were regulars at home. But if there's one thing I've learned working, especially at home, a lot of black celebrities don't have any money. Oh, wow. They they out here. They out here struggling. Interesting. Okay. Boys, even if it's not like super million, just they're due to eight seasons of TV. You know what I mean? Household name, but willing to walk out on a $200 bill. Oh, my goodness. No. Willing to. Uh, one dude, uh, I won't say his real name, but he played, uh, a character on Family Matters. Okay. And it's not, and it's not Jalil White. Jalil's kind of cool. Okay. Uh, he would show up, order two, three hundred dollars worth of food and liquor, 
then would jump on stage unannounced, sing one song because he's a talented singer. We're not going to lie. Okay. Uh, he would sing a song unannounced and then go, y'all need to cover my bill because I entertained your crowd. Wow. Every single time he came into the venue and they kept letting him come in because he used to be on family matters, having a celebrity in your venue, no matter how small or big makes your venue look good. Right. And because, you know, it's like, if you see him there, then, you know, the word goes out like, Oh, this is the place to be seen. <clears throat> right. Because now <clears throat> it's, oh, it's shit. black Hollywood. It's, it's, if you got, if you got gangsters who are from south of the 101, or mm-hmm. south of the 10, you know what I mean? Like in the black neighborhoods, come into Beverly Hills to hang out and they get to hang out with a TV star they grew up with. But we had a bunch of people like Stevie Wonder would pop in. Really? Fucking, uh, it was black Beverly Hills. Yeah. No, well. It's the only all black venue in Beverly, like for us, it was the only all black owned, all black staffed venue in Beverly Hills. So if somebody with money threw a party, black people with money gonna show up. Right. Yeah. Now, I mean, that drug dealers got money. (laughs) It's what they deal in (laughs) amongst other things. Right. Uh, but that's, uh, wow. That is, it is interesting. Well, somewhat interesting in that, like, I guess the owners of this place and the management were like, wait a minute, this dude is costing us money every time he comes in because he's ordering Mm -hmm. $300 worth of food. And that's, you're not getting paid. Right. As a bartender. And, and, I wouldn't have cared, but he never tipped. So uh, when I took over as the new bar manager, they were used to the other dude. Sure. Like this. So they would come in thinking things were going to run the exact same. And it, I was like, bro, I don't know any of you. I mean, I saw you on your TV show, but you also have a $300 tab that needs to be taken care of. What's up with it? You know? Yeah. What I mean? And you know, it is one of those things where, um, I have bills i need to pay and unfortunately your tv credits do not pay verizon i wish they did but they don't so there we are uh so yeah that that is kind of that is kind of wild that uh that shit would go down like that but uh stevie wants so stevie wonder would pull up yeah we had uh stevie life jennings uh rafael sadiq uh who else? The game came through. Like, yeah, just LA celebrities would pop in during certain events. That's great. Just depending on who was performing. Yeah, it was, it was always a beautiful thing to see because I love black everything. So sure, to see yeah. black Hollywood showing their ass is great. But then to also see that Marvin Gaye's daughter is broke was kind of depressing to me. So. Yeah, yeah. But they're not broke anymore. It was, I saw her try to stiff like $1,500 on her tab, try to walk out on that. Mm. And that was like a two months before they won the settlement against Robin Thicke and Pharrell. Okay. Yeah. yeah, They got all that money. Yeah. So like they were broke. That's why they were so they, they cried when they, when the settlement was announced and they showed it on TV here and everybody was like acting like they were crying because they were so happy for their dad's legacy. They were happy to get that money. Mm. They were so elated. Come on. And then they had a party to celebrate at home. <laughs> uh, now home, I think home was about to get shut down by then. By, um, by, we didn't have a liquor license or anything. Yeah, it was great. That's that's fucking crazy, man. Well, right. uh, yeah, it sounds like you have you've had a crazy run as a bartender, man. I mean, yeah, 
Crazier than some, not as crazy as most. Just depends on your perspective. Yeah, well, you know, I had a great time. I had a great time. <laughs> I was gonna say you've met so many different people, right? You've just mm-hmm. seen so many different personality types, and you oh, know, yeah. as I, I have to say, you know, at the at the beginning of this, where uh, homegirl uh, fucking lost her shit and uh, was looking for her boyfriend, I did not think that was gonna be a black woman. I really didn't. I. Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills is very eye-opening. If you, was, anyone it, listening, if you ever get the chance, just come hang out there for a day or two. You'll learn some shit. You'll see. You'll see some shit. Now, um, a <laughs> uh, question. So, uh, did you ever find out what uh, became of the boyfriend? I mean, like, was there any? Because that situation went from one to like four in the morning, right, or three in the mm-hmm. morning. Uh, was there any sort of resolution behind it? Like, did he? Uh, he got picked up by the cops. Was put in for. Uh, public intoxication, uh, drunk in public, and then I believe they stayed together. Okay. So long, but I, I know, but I remember that the next day my boss told me he got the cops had found him or whatever, like, mm. like fully, like he was in detox the whole time. God damn, man, he was fucked up then. Oh or, yeah, or just a black dude walking. Uh, it it driving. it's black people at the club. He started in the car because I'm I can I I'm. I've overserved, but I've never served to the point where someone will be drunk in public. Like, I'll let you be sloppy, but not like you walking around not knowing your name mm-hmm. in a neighborhood type of shit. I've never done. I don't. I don't believe I've ever done that. But you know, sure. No, you know, it's uh, drink responsibly as they please, please, guys. Serve uh, responsibly as well. Your bartender, exactly. Serve and drink unless they tip. Unless they tipping big, then you got to make these decisions. <laughs> You have bills that need to be paid. Uh, that, that kind of reminds me of, uh, just very quickly. One time I was at this bar in New York and there was this guy who damn near fell over into the speaker and like almost tipped the speaker over and it was this big fucking mess and everyone's like, what's going on here? And then he just went back and sat back at the bar and we, everyone kind of looked at the bartender like, are you going to kick this guy out? And the bartender was like, this guy gives me $600 every time he comes in. (laughs) (laughs) he's like that is a that's like the truest statement of bartender because look man this dude is tipping like crazy what do you expect me to do what do you want me to do here uh unless you Mm -hmm. again unless you uh have the other half of my rent this guy needs to stay so there it is (laughs) but uh you know uh quincy thank you for uh thank you for sharing this man thank you for sharing uh um you know Now, uh, we're going to get into our next segment, which is uh, five questions for a bartender. Now, this is the part of the show where I have these five questions, personality type questions. I'm going to drop on you, and I want to get your best response to them, all right? So, first question. What is, what is the biggest misconception people have about being a bartender? What is the one myth that you can bust right now? Uh, that every bartender knows alcohol and how to make good drinks. Mm, okay. Got it. And, you know, there is within that, like, if you go to, I'm on top of that too, I would assume like, you know, you go to a dive, uh, beer and shot place and you're like, can I get a martini? And it's like, motherfucker, do you know where you are? If you go to a beer and shot place and order a martini, you need, you're an asshole. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course. You don't show up to the local dive bar and say, let me get a dry lemon drop or fucking some goofy whatever. Like, just rum and coke, big ass glass. Let's roll. You know what I mean? Let's get it. Let's go get it. 
Like if you need a nice martini, it's gonna get it. Ask for it in a rocks glass. At least you won't look like an asshole. Because I'm not mm-hmm. trying to clean new glassware. No. No one orders this, and you're in. You're caught. You're stressing my day out. Get out. Ugh. <laughs> get away with you. Uh, so, <laughs> miscon- biggest misconception for you is that bartenders know alcohol inside and out. That, that yeah. Is, that is a that is something to take away from this one, folks. Uh, question mm-hmm. two. What is the biggest tip you've ever received as a bartender? Biggest tip I've ever received was $5,700. What? Yeah, fifty. that was a Grammy night. 5700 yes. God damn. That is, I, you know, and I say this, I, I say this and I mean this uh, with each time I hear this, but like that I think to date is the most amount of money I've heard. Uh, uh, a bartender receiving. Uh, so uh, you have the crown at this point. <laughs> so. I, I know a guy who got 12 G's at a Kings playoff game. God damn. How do you, I yeah. mean, that is, that yeah. is the gross national product of some countries. Uh, yeah. Corporate bartending is the most lucrative, amazing. As long as you can deal with the bullshit, it's the most lucrative, amazing job a bartender can have. God damn. That is, that is crazy. All right. Uh, so next question. What is a pet peeve of a customer? What's your pet peeve? What is the one thing like, you know what? Don't fucking do this. When a person walks up to a bar and asks, do you serve drinks here? That is, that is, it makes my, it literally makes my skin crawl. I lose all the composure at that point. I just can't. Cannot. I, there's some things I won't stand for, and someone to be that unobservant in an interaction with me, I can't deal with you. Well, it begs the question: What do you think I'm doing here? <laughs> <laughs> what do you, what do you, why, do you, why do you think I came in today? If, if, <laughs> what, what do you think brought me here? Because there is one thing I have, maybe two, if you want food. Right. I worked at the, I worked, when I worked at the Staples Center, it was 22,000 people pretty much every night because they sell out every event, sure. basically. And every night, 40% of my customers asked me if I served drinks. Some of them was, it was a joke. Hey, bet you've never heard this one before. <sighs> or some of them, they literally would just come up absent-minded. Do you serve, do you serve drinks? What type of drinks do you make? It's a bar. I make drinks. Whatever. What do you mean, tight? The good the kind. Fuck the kind you want. <laughs> the best kind ever, right? Now, uh, all right, Quincy. Uh, so let me ask you this. If you owned a bar, what would you name it? What would Quincy's bar be? My bar? Ooh. I would name my bar Beaker's. Beakers. What what yeah. what inspires Beakers? Where where does Beakers? Uh, that was my favorite character from the Muppets. Oh, okay. Beaker and Bunsen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh... I would name it Beakers, and also like I, I love science and give it a little sciency thing. I guess maybe there'll be some smoking drinks, but yeah, I would definitely name it Beakers. That's cool. That's a cool concept. You could you could definitely run with that. All right. So final question: What is your favorite drink to have? What is Quincy drink? Mm-hmm. My favorite drink is a jalapeno strawberry margarita. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's like my favorite drink to make. Uh, you just, it's super simple. Just re- fresh strawberries, a couple of pieces of jalapeno chopped up, muddle that, uh, shake it on tequila, add a little triple sec, 
and sweet and sour, and then you just strain that into a glass, drink it. Shit, that does that sounds really muddling cool. muddling jalapeno will change pretty much all drinks to something amazing. I was gonna say that'll well give it give it that kick. Oh yeah, you will find that kick. That does that. That sounds really good, man. Um, now, uh, all right. So that is, that is our five questions for our guests. Okay. All right. And now we're going to get into our final segment of the show, which is what were you drinking? Now, mm. this is part of the show where uh, I go through my Facebook timeline and I will be honest with you listeners. If you're new to the show, I have some really messy people that post things that we can only assume that they have been drinking when they put them out into the universe. So. Since Quincy here has uh, been around many and plenty uh, uh, drunk people over time, he has seen all different types of peop- uh, drunks. It is up to him to figure out exactly what they were drinking when they wrote this. So, now, I, if you need to, you can ask clarifying questions. Is it a guy? Is it a girl? What time? Time is often very interesting. Uh, we'll play into uh, what someone's drinking when they wrote this. But here we go. All right. Here it is. People are snakes. The truth will always prevail. And users will always be. What do you think they were drinking when they wrote that? Can I ask one question? Of course. You can ask more than one. Go ahead. Was the person who wrote this male or female? This was a, this was a woman. This was a woman. She was drinking Chardonnay. 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 That is, you, you, you gotta say that while sloshing a wine glass and just <laughs> like being really upset about nothing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, a, Chard- that's a Chardonnay rant for real. This is a Chardonnay rant. Okay. And mm-hmm. you know what I, what I appreciate about this is it was very, uh, very precise. You're very, mm-hmm. you've seen this before. You've heard mm-hmm. this before. You know that that is Chardonnay is responsible for. People are snakes. The truth. You get, yeah, if you open with "people are snakes," it's like "people are snakes." <laughs> so you, yeah, that's it. I go. This is this is white. This is white woman juice right here. That's it. This is what we are on right <laughs> now. Um, all right. Well, you, hello. Yeah, yeah. You're no. You're here. I hear you. Um, so that'll uh, that'll do it for us, uh, Quincy. Thank you for coming through and uh, sharing uh, sharing the wild times of your life. Uh, do you got Do you have any uh, anything to plug before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, on all social media, you guys can find me at Quincy Johnson II, all one word, super easy. All the social medias, no matter what, just search that. You'll find me. And also be on the lookout for my half-hour comedy special coming out on Revolt TV Wednesday, June 10th. Oh, dope. Yeah. Wednesday, June 10th, 10 p.m. or 9 p.m. I don't know. Check your local listings, but Wednesday, June 10th, Revolt TV. That's awesome, man. Congratulations, dude. Thank you much, Uh, man. So yeah, be sure, be sure to check, yeah, be sure to check him out. Very funny dude. Again, thank you for coming through. Uh, you know, if you want to find our show, openbartalk at gmail.com, uh, openbartalk on Instagram, look us up there on all the platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, find us, uh, openbartalk. Rate, review, and subscribe for God's sakes. Uh, you know, that's how, uh, motherfuckers find out about our show is, uh, through good reviews and all that jazz. Um, you know, gymsearchcomedy.com is where I post jokes and all that shit. Uh, if you want to also uh, find me on the social media front, uh, on the personal side, it is at Jim Search on everything because I make branding super easy for all of us. Uh, so again, 
Yes, that'll do it for us. Uh, Quincy, thank you so much for coming through. I learned so much about, uh, Black Hollywood and, uh, what, uh, what celebrities I thought had money. Uh, and, now, uh, and I've learned the curtain has everybody, been broken. Everybody's broke. Shouts out to unemployment. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, if you make your first mill off unemployment, I'm not mad at you. I'm really not. Hell yeah. Shout out to all the welfare queens. And I put that in quotes. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, appreciate y'all for tuning in. Uh, make sure you put a water between each drink and I'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Oh, yeah.